This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. Welcome to the MMA Takes Podcast. I am your host, Brian Petrie, a little Michael Scott to kick us off. Just got back from vacation. Didn't go to Jamaica, but got back from vacation, so I'm feeling hot, hot, hot. Got a nice little tan. A lot to talk about in the MMA world. I'm very excited to do this podcast. Typically, I do it Monday, if I can. Wednesday, definitely. Usually, Wednesday is a hot button day where I like to recap everything. I wait till... Some of the news comes out from the Hawani show and, and, and whatnot, but uh, it's a Sunday, baby. I'm excited to talk to you. I cherish my Sundays. I usually don't leave the couch um, or I'm out with the wife at Ikea or fucking putting something together, but I carve some time out to talk to you guys today because I'm super excited about everything going on. I'm rejuvenated. The sun has seeped into my brain. The sand was all over my feet, my ass crack. I need it. I need it. The vacation, Wilmington. I love you. It was a beautiful place. If you listen to this and you're from Wilmington, North Carolina, it's an awesome, awesome place. Been going there since I was 13. A little different now that I have a baby and stuff, but it's even it's even better now that I have a kid. That we're going down there with the wife and everything. It's it's an amazing place. This show is going to be jam packed with MMA stuff. We have a lot to talk about. Um, <clears throat> we got UFC Sweden to recap that happened on June 1st, and we have UFC 238, which happened last night. Both awesome events. I'm super excited to talk about all those things, break those down, whatnot. There's a lot of stuff we need to talk about. We cover, you know, you, you know this show. This is like the fucking thousand show you probably listen to. We do a little personal, little personal stuff, a little personal antidote, right? I don't want to just jump right in. So if this show is sounding better, different, bad, whatever, let me know. I'm using a new microphone. Um, Rode. If you are, if you have any audio knowledge or whatever, they are an Australian company. The Procaster, which is what, not to get all technical dorky on you here, Steve Urkel style, but um, the the Procaster is a like a basically when I started the podcast, I had like ten different pieces of equipment because you have to. It, it's confusing, right? The Procaster was a revolutionary thing that came out. It's all in one. It's amazing. That was made by Rode. I've talked about it extensively on the podcast. They made a microphone that basically goes with it. It's been back ordered for fucking six months. I couldn't get a hand on it, right? I got a pretty good relationship with Sweetwater Sound in Indiana, Sweetwater.com. They're incredible. I love them. Guitar Center can go fucking burn down for all I care. Sweetwater is amazing. Um, I talked to this guy. You know, you, you got like a sales rep or whatever. My sales rep, guy named Dante. Awesome dude. He goes, listen. I said, well, how much? Because for a while, it was like, put your pre-order in. Um, but we don't know how much these things are going to cost because road hasn't told us. I'm like, well, fuck, I don't want to pre-order something that's going to be $800. Like, go fuck yourself. Like, I don't want $800 microphone. How much is it going to be? He's like, well, I don't know. Um, but if you pre-order now, before we, we charge it, we'll let you know. So that was back in the probably December, probably, I want to say. End of December, I put my pre-order in. And um, it uh, I, I, I it was supposed to come in March. I got an email saying, nah, man, sorry, no March. So it's coming May. I got an email saying, oh, it got pushed back till July. And then when I was on vacation, I got a call from him saying, it, it, we just got it. We're going to send it out to you. So a little nerve wracking because, you know, I had a house. My buddy Austin watched the house, but he was gone all day. 
I don't, you know, I work in a delivery service. Um, I know porch pirates. I know people steal packages. I did not want, and, and Sweetwater put Sweetwater tape on their package. I didn't want someone walking by and going, oh, well, that's something. I, I can fucking sell that. That's something. Um, I live in a cul-de-sac, a little area, so it's kind of tight. So if you were to come down here and steal packages, it might not be the best idea because there's really not a quick exit, right? I'm on a dead end street. My neighborhood is literally all dead ends. There's one way in and one way out. And I live in a cul-de-sac, so luckily nothing got stolen. But I'm using that microphone now. I'm excited to use it. Um, so if it sounds better, worse, whatever, let me know. I know there's some loyal listeners out there who probably can tell. I'm an audiophile. I have my old headphones on just to see what it sounds like because I got some new ones. and uh, Or I bought new ones that, you know, I'm going to jump around a little bit here because I'm so scatterbrained. I hate, like, my, the way my brain works is, like, if I see somebody, like, full story right Dax Shepard has a podcast I'm a fan of it right it's a good podcast they post videos or pictures or whatever on Instagram and all the guests were wearing these headphones right and I go oh I want to I want to check those out right so I go to um I I, I message what's it what's McCall on Sweetwater and I go hey what what do you think about these and most of the time Sweetwater has like a deal where it's like oh okay well here you you buy these and for 48 months, you get no interest, and it's like $3 a month. And they're like, well, yeah, I'm going to fucking do that. I'll pay $5 a month, pay it off quicker um, or whatever it is. You know what I mean? And um, this, these type of headphones did not have a deal with them. They're like, this is a German company. They don't fucking cut deals. But my crazy brain goes, well, you know what? Dax has it, and they look comfortable. And I tried them on before, and they are comfortable. I got a big, fat fucking head. Um. I'm going to give him a shot, right? I'm going to go, uh, you know, I, I need those in my life. So I go and buy them, right? And they're not crazy expensive or whatever. I mean, they're like, a, you know, they're, they're studio quality headphones. So they're like 150 bucks or whatever it was. And um, I get them and they're nice and they're comfortable as shit. The problem is, is I don't need a fucking 18 foot cord, right? And if you do throw it in like a little fucking cable, right? Spindle it up or whatever it is. This is a fucking 12 foot straight cord. So when I'm talking on the podcast, the past maybe three months, the goddamn thing's getting in my chair. I don't know where to put the goddamn cord at. And I won't admit the feet. I won't admit that I made a wrong purchase because they are comfortable, right? And I've had some guests on here and I've given them the old headphones and it barely stretches to them, right? Which I could easily give them the new headphones and they had plenty of room. But me being a fucking idiot and going, no, I spent money on these. I like these and I do like them. I don't like the cord and there's no way to switch the cord out or anything like that. So I went back to the old headphones that I'm wearing rocking now because it has a more sound um, to see uh, how I sound compared to the other microphone. This is all this shit. You, you don't need to fucking know this stuff. However, I do love feedback. I do love people and tell me what can be approved. What can be, you know, what's bad, what you need to do. Yada, yada. I, I feed off that. Really? My feelings don't get hurt. If you want to hear something I say, if I do something annoying, let me know. I want to get better. We all can get better as human beings. So just let me know how this sounds. I'll probably hear it back and I'll know better than you guys. Not a big deal. But if if, if it sounds completely different, you're like, dude, go back to the other one. Uh, maybe I will. But I did want to get a good microphone because when I do have guests in here, it's a handheld situation. Not, not many of my friends who have been on are going to be accustomed to the fucking holding a microphone up every time they talk type deal. Um, so I did want to... Um, get something that that they can do and then you have like a stand or something like that i don't know it's getting serious with it guys getting fucking serious right so let me know about that and then yeah so got back from vacation 
unbelievable. I've already complimented Wilmington so much. Drove down there. Baby was great the way down there. Last time, fucking Verizon Wireless, my in-laws were on our family plan, right? And they're like, listen, we're going to have to leave. We're getting a fucking crazy good deal with T-Mobile. We're going to go get new phones with T-Mobile. We're going to leave. And I said, yeah, absolutely. Whatever. Whatever. We got seven of us, two people, you know, what in-laws go, you know, you're getting a good deal. T-Mobile. Good luck. You know what I mean? I've had T-Mobile service and it stinks personally, but if you guys are getting a good deal and you get new phones and, and, and that's what you want to do <clears throat> by all means. So they leave. And right before I go on to vacation, because the last time we went, we drove to Atlanta for the UFC my daughter's in the back on the fucking iPad using our, our, our phone's data. And we had like $200 worth of fucking overages charges. So I'm like, we're not doing that on this 11 hour trip to Wilmington. We're fucking going to get unlimited data. I go in to get unlimited data. This rising guy goes, Oh, you can't because those in your in-laws, those two people that left, if you go unlimited, then they'll disconnect from their cell phone plan. Cause they're still in the transfer portal or whatever the fuck I go. So there's no way. That just one of our lines can get unlimited. It has to be every line. And he goes, yes. But on June 7th, they'll drop off. Okay. June 7th was Friday. We were planning on leaving on Saturday. Baby got sick. It was a pretty gloomy day on Friday. The baby did not sleep at all Friday night. Um, she had a fever. I, I didn't want to take her to the hospital. She wasn't taking her medicine. I'm like, look. I can't get stuck in Wilmington if you know what I mean? Like she has a fever. She hasn't slept. We need to get her home, right? I know it's an 11 hour trip and that's crazy. We've taken her to the hospital for the fever and they basically go, here's Motrin, get the fuck out. Right. And by the way, here's a hundred dollar bill for bringing her in. So we didn't want to do that. Well, I'm like, I can't do that. So we left early on Friday. We were supposed to leave Saturday morning, left Friday morning instead and uh, drove home, and the, the baby's a trooper. She's so awesome. I, I know she wasn't feeling well. Um, pretty long drive for her to be in there. It was tough. I fucking was on 45 minutes of sleep, made the 11-hour trip <clears throat> home, stopped twice, didn't pee the entire time. My wife and my daughter, my wife and my uh, mother both had to pee on the way home. Like, our final, like, 40 minutes, my mom's shaking. She had to pee. I'm like, I'm not stopping. The rental car we had, we had a Toyota 4Runner fucking goddamn 60 bucks to fill up the tank, but you only got to fill it up once or twice. So we made it to Cincinnati. And, uh, then I went out and I, mean, I was like, I was a workhorse. I couldn't believe I only slept 45 minutes and did all this came home. Had to take my mom home, how to get the family dinner. Baby's fine. No fever anymore. Eating like a champ. It just must've been, she doesn't travel well, I guess. I don't know. I mean, she's young. She's going to be two this Friday. Don't know what it is, but we, we left. And, um, <clears throat> and so, I'm a little all over the place. I apologize. But Verizon. Yeah. So Verizon said on June 7th, which is Friday when we left, <clears throat> excuse me, you can, you know, these people will drop off and you can go unlimited. I'm thinking, okay, we got a sick baby in the car. She's going to want to watch Peppa the fucking pig. We're going to need that iPad working. Right. I already went over on the way down by just using my phone and also when on the way down, when I couldn't get an unlimited, that means I couldn't watch the fights. I didn't catch any of the Sweden live. I had this whole idea was like I set my phone up on this little fucking thing as I'm driving, put my AirPods in, listen to it. When I look over, I can look at it every once in a while. Wasn't going to miss a beat. Couldn't do that because Verizon wouldn't let us get an unlimited. So on June 7th, this fucking guy swore to me, right? This guy sounded like he was 12 years old. He swore to me. June 7th, 
they will be dropped off and we can go unlimited. Well, guess what? Guess what I did on June 7th when Barry before we left? I looked up and guess who was not dropped? And guess who is still not dropped off our account? So I'm still not unlimited. So Verizon, no free ads and you're not a sponsor. But let me tell you something. You are not making me happy. I promise you that. But other than that, the vacation was awesome. Um, beach time was amazing. I, I and wife got some incredible pictures. I love this ocean, you know, diving in the ocean. just, it's amazing. Baby loved the ocean. Wasn't crazy about the pool, which is surprising because she loves bath time. Pool kind of scared her ocean. I mean, she wants to fucking go, you know, go out there and swim with the sharks. She's, she's incredible. So it was just unbelievable. It was just, it's awesome time. It really is. If you've never been to Wilmington, there's a Mexican place down there called tower seven. It's unbelievable. Shout out tower seven. Incredible, incredible food. Um, <clears throat> probably the best chicken taco I've ever had in my life. A lot of good food down there. Grandparents are great. Everything's great. Amazing time. I missed, I almost, back in my head, I almost wanted to, because I was such a good mood down there. I'm a good mood now. Like, I'm a little tan. I'm feeling good. I had a week off work. I kind of decompressed everything when I was there. I didn't really do the same things I did there that I do here. Because that's what vacation time is. I, I try to stay off my phone as much as possible. Obviously, I was on it, you know, video and Instagram storing the, the vacation. But um, I try to do things different. I went to bed early. I really wasn't thinking a ton about MMA. I didn't like like overthink UFC 238 because I had already made my picks beforehand. Um, I picked before I left. But there was a small part of me that wanted to bring, you know, maybe a microphone, my computer, and, and, and what I record with the, the Procaster because I was going to sit on the balcony, listen to the ocean, just like, you know, just whatever. Whatever flows out, flows out. Probably would have had nothing to do about MMA. I would probably just fucking been relaxing. But um, it was a much-needed break. It was a much-needed vacation. I am, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling rejuvenated. I'm ready to fucking tackle the world. And uh, you guys are here with me, right? So I guess that's that's it. That's the, that, that, I mean, I don't want to, you know, bore you guys too much on my vacation. It was an amazing time. A little bit of a drink right there. Um, yeah, so vacation's awesome. Summer's coming up. A lot of MMA's coming up. We're going to go Sweden. We're going to recap Sweden right now. Pretty good card. I can tell you what, it was um it was uh, it was better than I thought. I I was I, I didn't think it was crazy. I love the main event. Um they lost the fight. I love the Latifi Vulcan fight that got lost out. Latifi got hurt, I believe, which kind of stinks. I went 5 and 6 in my picks. Not great. There was a fight that wasn't on my paper that I said on the podcast that I was ended up picking. I did not pick that fight. So that's why it's off. There was 13 fights. It went down to 12 with Vulcan loss um, when the Vulcan fight fell out. So I went five and six. There's a fight I did not pick. Um, uh, so we'll go over the fights I did pick. How do you like that? So the, uh, the uh, first fight of the night, Yoel Alvarez versus Danala Bolano. Leonardo, there you go, fucking nailed it. Uh, he KO TKO'd him. Yo Alvarez won. I got that fight right. Again, this guy, Spanish fighter, has a good record, but hasn't fought anybody. Um, but Nina is Bolodelo. Um, I thought this fight was going to be pretty easy pick. Minus 140 was a favorite was Alvarez. That's a that's a that's not as high as I thought he would be. But uh, yeah, that's a good win for him. Next up, <clears throat> excuse me, what's going on? Devin Clark versus Darko Stasiak. Devin Clark won this fight, got this fight wrong. 
Devin Clark classed as an underdog. He just decisioned him, did what Devin Clark does. <clears throat> Excuse me. What is going on with my throat? It's been a while. I'm rusty. This is what it is. You know what I mean? You fucking, you know, there's off season for a reason. I had my off season. Now my voice is gone. But um, <clears throat> I can't. I, I might have to pause. I, am I going to have to really pause because my throat's giving out on me? What is going on? Devin Clark. Decision, Darko Sozak. I, I I was all in on Darko. Devin Clark's the guy who's kind of up and down. Decent record. Hasn't fought anybody. Hasn't looked good in a lot of his wins, but he won by decision, grappling, obviously. Um, grappled his way to a victory. Next up, you had uh, Bia Maleki, who was a Swedish gal versus Duda Senta, the girl who I said looked like Cecil People. Um, I stand by that. If you got offended by that, I'm sorry, um, but it's true. Um, she lost by rear naked choke in the second round due to Santos loss which is i mean your name's duda uh i know that's like your nickname or whatever got that fight wrong as well frank camacho versus nick heim is next nick heim man i think he might get a cup of the ufc he got knocked out tko'd by uh frank camacho who's he was a dog frank is tough i just did not think he could i think he had the skills to win i just didn't that's uh so i got that fight wrong too that fight hurt uh leonardo santos looked amazing knocked out stevie ray walk-off knockout Santos just needs to fight more. I mean, that, that's that's what it boils down to. Santos needs to to be more active. And I think he gets some real fucking competition. He can really get some really good fights under his belt. But, yeah, he he's just choosing to fight whenever he wants. And uh, he uh, knocked out Stevie Ray there. That's a big win for him. Uh, next up, Lena Landsberg versus Tanya Evinger. I got this as an under. I was very happy about this. Lena Landsberg won by decision. Tanya Evinger, you know, been around for a while. She's tough. A lot of people picked her to win. A lot of people liked her in this fight. I like Lena Landsberg. I thought Tanya hasn't been as active, and I, I just think her skill set is diminishing as, as opposed to getting better. Um, I liked uh, Lena in that as an underdog, and I got it. So I got the underdog pick on that. Uh, Sergey Karazoko versus Rostam Arkman. I did not pick this fight. Um, I believe I don't. Maybe I did on the pick him. Either way, the I, I probably would have picked the Swede. He lost by a decision. I did not see that fight. Uh, Daniel Tamor versus Sung Bin Yo. Uh, Daniel Tamer won by decision. This is a surprise tonight. I was convinced that <clears throat> Bing Yu was going to win this fight. Daniel Tamer has lost like three in a row, four in a row. Not a world beater by any means. I know he's Swedish. He needed this fight to really save his UFC career, and he did. Sung Bin Yu, the tapology pitcher, got me, man. Why has this guy got fucking 40 titles, and he can't beat Daniel Tamer? What is going on? I don't... Uh, Change your picture now, man. Change your picture to a fucking you getting your Daniel Tamer getting his hand raised and you with your head down like, man, I just lost. Yeah, put that up there. Not you with your 40 fucking belts, man. Next up, we got, I can't get this guy right. This guy, Crisco Georgios, beat Demir Hazavolkic. Yeah, I'm I'm high on Demir. Demir looked great. Christoph obviously won a decision. Uh, did not see this fight either. I did. I, I kind of skimmed over this one a little bit. Um, but yeah, Giorgio, some 0 3 betting against him. I, I think I picked all last of his fights wrong. Ah, fucking guys, my kryptonite. Uh, Mach 1 Amir Khani versus Chris Fishgold. This had a lot of heat to it. I heard a lot of experts, you know, Ian Parker on Anakin Florian, Florian himself, several other members of the uh, handicap picking community love Chris Fishgold. I did not. I think I said in the podcast, I don't know why people think are, are picking him. Uh, Amir uh, Amir Khani obviously isn't uh, he hasn't progressed as people would like, but I do think he's a, he has real skills. I think Chris Fishgold is a one trick pony, and uh, Amir Khani submitted him in the second round by Anaconda choke, a finish, 
And uh, I'm very happy I got that fight right. Was he an underdog going into that Americani? He was. So that's another underdog fight. So that's two underdog fights that I got right. That's two of them. Uh, you know what I mean? And then, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Alexander Rekic versus Jimmy Manawal. I mean, I had buddy, a buddy of mine send me a video of this because I was driving. He's like, did you see that KO? I was like, no, I didn't. Sends me a video on his little tiny 12-inch screen. So we all roasted him that he needs to get a bigger fucking TV. Um, but Rackett just sent this guy fucking put him to sleep. I rewatched it once I got back to the condo. <clears throat> Rackett is a problem, right? I think there's some holes in his game. I think um, there's some questions that need to be made about his chin. I would love to see a Johnny Walker fight. I know the UFC won't do that. They don't really like putting newcomers with newcomers because that kind of is going to water down the division. I would like to see that fight, though, to see who's real. A Dominic Reyes fight, for instance, is another one I would really like to see. Manuel retired after this fight. Who else? Did someone else retire after the, the fight, too? Um, what am I missing? Manuel retired. Uh, I think a couple people retired, but Manuel retired after this. After this, oh, duh, Alexander Gustafson main event retired as well. Uh, man, poor Jimmy Manuel got beat by Gustafson, went and trained with him, became friends with him, retires, and then that gets overshadowed by the fact that Gustafson retired as well. Gustafson versus Anthony Smith was the main event. I had Gustafson on this fight. Um, I just thought, you know, Anthony Smith's mental really bothered me. I think I talked about that on the Pick'em podcast. There was just things about what he was saying and what he was doing that it just didn't add up to me. I was I was just nervous about it. However, um, he looked great. He broke his hand. He came, overcame adversity. He took it to Gustafson, who wasn't there mentally. He he was on his way out, I think, mentally already. I think maybe win or lose. I think he was going to retire after this, and, and, and he lost in Sweden, so he decided to retire. Um, a lot of people don't think that's going to stick. I don't know. I think he's young enough. I think he's a break. Sweden's very expensive to live. Um, how do I know that? I don't know, but I feel like I know that for some reason. So fact check me, but Sweden's not a cheap place to live. Beautiful country. Um, but yeah, he's going to need to do something with money. Um, I believe MMA is still kind of, I don't know if it's illegal over there or, or if it's regulated or something like that. I think I, I again, I'm not meant to be making stuff up. I don't know, but Anthony Smith looked good. I like Anthony Smith. I felt really bad picking against them, but if I was, if I gunned in my head and they, and, and they rematched, I'd probably pick Gustafson again. Uh, I just think it's a bad matchup for him. But Anthony Smith, again, broke his hand, showed up like a dog, and fucking went in and won that fight. And it was awesome. Uh, couldn't be happier with Anthony Smith. Needs a break now. Take a break. Um, what do you do with him at 205? There's a lot of options out there. <clears throat> Obviously, I don't think a John Jones rematch is warranted. What I would love is if, if John Jones wins, which I think he will. I mean, I haven't picked that card yet. But let's fucking be honest, okay? We're men here. We can be honest with each other, right? Uh, John Jones is probably going to beat Tiago Santos. Tiago Santos kind of reinvented his career at 205 as well. He has a win over Anthony Smith at 185, which was a dog fight, which is an incredible fight. I would like to see that rematch at 205. I think Luke Rockhold, if Luke Rockhold beats Jan Bohovic, they've been talking a ton of shit. I think Luke Rockhold and Anthony Smith is, is a main event down the line. I love that. They, they might skyrocket Luke. If he looks good against John, they might skyrocket him to the title because he's got that beef with Jones. He's kind of calling out Jones. He's good friends with DC, even though he doesn't train with him anymore. And DC and Jones got the beef. There's a lot of stories that can be built up there. Um, and he's marketable. I mean, he's, he's a good looking dude. So they might put him in there just, just for that. So that was Sweden. It was a good card. Um, I wish I would have saw more of it. Um, a lot of these European cards sometimes fall on deaf ears. I was excited about it, right? I, I, I was pumped up. I had the whole thing worked out, but, uh, 
You can thank Verizon Wireless for me not being able to catch the fight live. I had to watch it briefly in the hotel room because my wife's like, we're, we're on the beach. Get off your phone. Let's go to the beach. That's a terrible, my wife doesn't sound like that. But I had a lot, I had a lot of things, a lot of, you know, iron. So I had to kind of skim through. I, I, I gave Anthony Smith and, and Gilson a really, really good look. But uh, other than that, I kind of skimmed through a lot of it. Um, so that was UFC Sweden. Should we jump into 238 right away? Yeah, let's go two thirty eight because I got I got a bunch of uh, other shit we can we can talk about uh, after the after the uh, what are we around now? A little over twenty minutes here. All right, uh, so UFC two thirty eight was last night. I'm still kind of buzzing from it. If I'm being honest with you, I thought it was I thought it was a an incredible card. I was excited about it. I was like I said, I didn't really think about MMA too much when I was on the beach. So when I came home Friday and I was exhausted, I'm laying in my bed. I go Friday night. I go man. UFC's 238 tomorrow. And all I did Saturday was think about it and, and kind of analyze it, overanalyze it. Because this is prop since I've been doing this podcast, I think those are probably I don't think I've ever made picks that far away from a card before. Um I did that two weekends before it, right? Yeah, so I did that. I did that with Devin on I can't remember the day. It was a Sunday before Memorial Day. So it was almost like a week and a half before the actually happened. So I made those picks very early. And uh, as I'm watching the card, I couldn't believe I picked some of the picks I made. But I'm happy with how it turned out, kind of. <clears throat> I went seven and six on my picks. If you listen to the show, you know Devin, uh, Devin Tejada, a.k.a. Dev Goes Fishing on Instagram. Uh, good good guy. Listened to the show, reached out to me and said, hey, man, love the show. He complimented me, you know, he fed into my ego, which I love, you know, giving me compliments and everything like that. He didn't compliment me that much, but, um, just an overall nice guy. He reached out to me and, and oh boy, phone's ringing. Uh, hopefully you guys, if you guys heard that, I'm sorry. My phone's ringing. It's connected to my, it's connected to my fucking, uh, computer. I don't know who that is. Ah, you know what I mean? Um, but uh, I should edit that out because you know I'm my producer or whatever. But I'm gonna leave that in for uh, for whatever reason. Anyway, Devin Sahada, great guy, reached out to me a while ago. Said love the show, hardcore MMA fan, MMA fan knows his shit. I love talking to like minded people. If you enjoy MMA, I, I want to talk to you. I'll, I'll talk to you, to you all day about it. It's my life. I love it. He reached out forever ago. We were supposed to make it work several times. He lives all the way in Washington. Three-hour time difference. I wake up early. A lot of our schedules didn't add up. But the day before Memorial Day, I'm like, listen, I don't have work tomorrow. If you're available, I'm available. And he did great. He was awesome. We're going to have him back. Um, we did a little competition where we went head-to-head. We only differed on three fights. There was only three fights that we differed on. So Devin went seven and six as well because, uh, wait, I don't know. I don't, I'm I'm getting confused myself. Anyway, we differed on three fights. The three fights we differed on was Darren Stewart, Bevon Lewis. I got that fight right. Darren Stewart won. Uh, Bevon Lewis lost the decision. Kind of a boring fight. We disagreed on Calvin Cater versus Ricardo Lamas. <clears throat> I foolishly picked Ricardo Lamas. I don't know what I was thinking. I immediately regretted it. Calvin Cater uh, destroyed Lamas in the first round, knocked him out. Um, again, I I think I even said on the podcast. I think I re- I know I'm going to regret that decision. You know, I don't, I don't know what I was thinking. Maybe I was thinking the underdog thing. I don't know. Um, that's just a, that's a bad pick. Okay. You, you, I need that one back. That's a bad pick. He took Cater. He got that one. And then we disagreed on Peño Munoz versus Aljamain Sterling. Uh, I had Sterling hit Munoz. Aljamain looked great. We'll get into all the fights later. Once breaking down 
how it turned out. And then we agreed on the rest. <clears throat> so out of the three, we disagreement, I went two to one on him. However, um, you got two points for your lock of the night. He picked Tatiana Suarez. I picked Donald Cerrone. Cerrone obviously lost and Tatiana Suarez won. So he won. Dev goes fishing. Give it up for him. He won three to two, fair and square. We're going to rematch. Don't you worry about that. We'll rematch. But um, it was fun. It was a lot of fun doing that. I thought he did great. If you listen to the show and you want to come and pick with me, you know, we'll call you. I'll call you up, do some prep. I'll read the lines. You give me the picks. I'll pick against you for whatever. You know, we'll have fun with it, right? I do want to tweak it a little bit. I want to maybe give more points to people that take underdogs and whatnot. But, um, yeah, it's it, it was really fun doing that with Devin. And, and like I said, that was something I've, I've been wanting to do from the get-go. I want like-minded people to reach out to me, and, and, and we'll get this going. Um, but, yeah, Dev was great. And uh, I don't know if he likes being called Dev or not. I've been calling him Dev, Devin. Um, you know, I don't, I, you know, sorry, I'm a nickname guy. Okay, I'm a, I'm a nickname guy. But, um, great. So let's break down the card. It's fresh in my mind. Caitlin Chigagian versus Julian Calderwood. Uh, both both I Dev, both Devin and I got this fight wrong. Um, a lot of people thought Calderwood won. Um, you know, it, it was close. Um, I don't think it was a robbery by any means. I know there are people who uh, it, w- it should have been thirty twenty seven. I think one judge had thirty twenty seven for Chigagian. That's crazy. But uh, Julian Calderwood, it was a, it was a closer fight than it should have been. It could have been a split decision, I think, but. All three had it for Chikagian. Um, I'm not super agree- uh, mad about that. I'm not pissed off or anything. I love Joe and Collin. She's my sweetie. She's got that little mousy voice that I love and that accent. It's just, it's just I mean, uh, I don't think she's the hottest woman in the world, the hottest chick in the world, but she's probably like maybe a six, seven, if I'm being honest. If, you, if you're into tattoos, you're into her style, the shaved head and stuff. She's a seven. But with that voice, to me, she's, you know, eight and a half, nine now. Um, but yeah, so obviously I root for Joanne a lot, but yeah, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't crazy that she lost. I don't think I wasn't too upset about that. Uh, Eddie Wadland versus Grigor Pavlov. Dev and I both had Pavlov as the underdog. I mentioned on the podcast, this guy has fought nobody bus drivers. I just thought that his tie style was going to give Wadland a little bit of problems. Wadland hits hard, but he's hittable. Keeps his hand really low. Pavlov fought really weird in the first round. He fought only through kicks. It was a really weird strategy. He got cracked several times in that first round. In the second round, he came out more traditional tie, light on the front foot, hands high, throwing more hands, and he and he dropped Wyland and he hurt Wyland with a knee earlier in that or later in that round too. But then he just kind of went back and, and never put his hands up and got rocked again. Wyland hits like a truck. It's been around for a while. And Pavlov's thirty five, which is crazy. And what's even crazier is he's Russian. I asked my wife, my wife was watching this fight. I go, the guy in the red shorts, what do you think his nationality is? Where do you think he's from? And without missing a beat, she goes, I don't know, Philippines? You know, Thailand or something like that? And I go, he's fucking Russian. I know he trains out of Thai, but he's but he reps Russian. He's got a lot of Russian. I don't, that breaks my brain. I know like America's a melting pot and there's a lot of different nationalities and races that live here. So I can never guess if someone's American or not. But Russia... Like, have you, like, not to open a whole can of worms, but have you ever seen a black Russian? I've never seen a black Russian before. You know, they're white, like, pale dudes, like, with fucking bad haircuts, right? And scary as shit. This guy looks like, you know, he's from Thailand, but he's from Russia. It's weird. Russia's not a melting pot like America is. And, and 
they're worse off for it. You know, America's got all shapes, size, and colors, and that's awesome. That's an incredible thing. But Russian doesn't have that. At least I don't know. I don't know an extensive here, a sense of history of Russia. But if you're listening to this and you're getting offended, uh, at Twitter at MMA takes, send me a picture of a black Russian because I want to see one because it broke my brain that this guy was Russian. I'm like, okay, he's he's Russian. What is going on? But uh, Dev, Dev and I both got that fight wrong. We like Pavlov on the under, and I uh, lost. Darren Stewart versus Bevon Lewis. We split on this. I got this fight right. Darren Stewart um, fought kind of safe a little bit. I think the announcers called this fight beautifully. They both kind of fought a little safe. Bevan, I think, was a little scared to get caught again like he did in his, his Uriah Hall fight. Darren was like, I need a win. This is like the fucking sixth or seventh Tuesday night contender series they've given me. I can't lose to another one. Um, but... Um, <clears throat> kind of a lackluster fight. I was actually really high in this fight. I thought this fight was going to be great. But uh, it wasn't, didn't, ha- didn't happen. Exon Yan versus Angela Hill. This fight was awesome. Some people thought Hill won, which I think is a little crazy. I had Yan win the fight the whole way. Very exciting fight. Hill got rocked. Yan got rocked. Really well around the girls. Angela Hill, I mean, she's 8 and 7 now or 9 and 7. <clears throat> Devin said it on the podcast. If a guy was 9 and 7, he'd probably be cut. Angela Hill is very entertaining. She's very beautiful. Um, and she's in a weight class where they need they need competitors, and she's not going to get cut for that. Um, she's going to want to be more active. I mean, but when she leaves UFC, she goes and wins. So the UFC is like, well, we'll keep her around because she's marketable and she gives exciting fights. I mean, I get it, I guess, but, you know, it is what it is. I thought Devin made a good point uh, on the podcast about that. Calvin Cater versus Ricardo Lamas. Calvin Cater is a beast. Huge 145-er. Um, Love the guy's skills. Don't know what I was thinking. He lost to Mercano by decision. And for some reason, I thought he was going to get outgrappled by Ricardo Lamas. Lamas from Chicago, this being in Chicago. I overthought it. I I completely disregard the fact that Common Cater is an absolute monster. I picked Lamas. Devin picked Cater. Uh, Cater won. Alexa Grasso versus Karolina Kovakiewicz. This fight broke my brain, too. Alexa Grasso, great record. Um, hasn't looked great in the UFC. Caroline Kovakiewicz has beat Rose, has looked great in the UFC, maybe not lately, but has. And um, it looks like she's fighting underwater. She's so slow, no defense. Um, I don't know what's going on. Grasso looked great. This might have been Grasso's best performance, but also could have been Carolina's worst performance. I don't know what's going on with her. I know Anik said that she's putting off motherhood to try to get another run for the title. I think maybe go have a baby now, take a break. And then get some motivation, maybe like Dad Cerrone does, um, and and maybe reassess and reevaluate. Now, I mean, Mackenzie Dern's having a baby; she's going to come back. You know, I mean, you can do it. You're going to take some time off. I don't know what your situation is. Do live your life. You know, do what you want to do. But I think if you're going to wait to have a baby to get on a title shot, don't take, don't keep fighting the same way and take fucking beatings. Maybe take a break, reevaluate, look at your baby, and go, "Oh, I need to fucking do." things 10 times better for her or him or whatever so um that 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 was a hard one to look and I, you know i got i got you know carolina's my little sweetie my little polish my little polish sausage i don't know what else comes from poland besides sausage so she's my little polish sausage but um alexa grasso again looked great but uh i just think carolina looked that bad uh my personal favorite fight of the night i think um i know cerrone ferguson was awesome the main event was awesome but i really liked this fight um it was a high level fight aljamain sterling versus pedro munoz this is a fight Devin and i split on as well he picked munoz i picked sterling sterling won um 
I was a little concerned because Pedro Munoz is a guy that's really hard to grapple. He's got a good guillotine choke. Um, Sterling has some different takedowns. He can body lock and take you down from there. He's a big 135er. He's strong. But mainly he shoots for doubles and singles and transitions that way, and he's really tricky and, and, and good on the ground. Um, I was worried that he was going to go in for a lot of takedowns and maybe get put in that choke. I think he's got great defense, and I think he has great chokes himself. He's tricky on the ground, is Aljo. But um, I was nervous about that. But he came out standing, and he's really awkward. And it kind of reminds me of Rich Franklin. Rich Franklin um, was very awkward. He's, he threw punches at weird angles. It didn't look like the cleanest punches, right? Things didn't look super clean. And with Aljo, it's very herky-jerky. It's very odd. Things come at weird angles, and that works. I've always preached that as well when I was training. And um, I, I've, I've trained people in boxing and stuff, you know, whatever, you know. Not, not bragging, but I kind of am. Um, I've always been a big believer of let people figure out their own rhythm, make, let people figure out what's comfortable from them. Teach them the fundamentals, give them a base to go on, and then tell them play with it a little bit because there's these cookie cutter guys that do the same thing over and over and over again. And there's going to be a hundred of them, and they're not going to step, step uh, stand apart from anybody. Aljo, working with the great Ray Longo, who's, who's an incredible striking coach. Who I didn't think got talked about enough. I thought Aljo's known to be a great grappler and submission guy, and they always praise Matt Sarah for that. Maybe I wasn't paying close enough attention to the announcing, but I don't feel like Ray Longo got proper credit here because this was a game plan that he installed because it was all stand-up. I think they were going to grapple a little bit, but they knew the path to victory was over Munoz since he is tricky on the ground, he is really good on the ground, he's hard to hold down, was to stand up and strike. And uh, Munoz, as good as a boxer he is, he's a little wild, he's hittable. And Aljo looks fantastic. He's coming from different angles. And Ray Longo really gave him the fundamentals because the stand-up, when he first came to the UFC, was was dreadful. He gave him the the, the, the mold, and then Aljo kind of took it and made it comfortable for him. And now he's very awkward. And that's what Rich did, and that's what a lot of these guys do. And I love it. I love that he did that. I thought it was really high level. Munoz, in the feet, though, looked awesome, right? I know Aljo should get next shot, but Munoz shouldn't, you know, really deter himself too much because he looked great. Took all the big shots, was given big shots, cut Aljo's leg down. Aljo had to go to the hospital because his left leg was banged up, worked the body great. It was a high-level chess match. Munoz knows he can take it, and Aljo's not the biggest puncher in the world. He's like, I'm going to take these, but every time you hit me, I'm, I'm fucking chewing up that leg. And I'm going to get that leg eventually. And he did. He dropped Aljo with the leg. Aljo was hurt. He was working the body with the front kicks. Wasn't landing so much with the hands upstairs. I don't know if he landed really clean on Aljo. Aljo was kind of in and out whenever he got to the cage. Really loved that fight. I'm going to watch it again probably tonight uh, or tomorrow. Really, really enjoyed that fight. Aljo, I think, is next in line for one one uh, for the title. I don't, you know, it was, we'll get to Henry in a little bit, but... Um, I, I can't say enough about that fight. Tatiana Swords versus um, Nina Ansaroff. Another really good fight. Nina Ansaroff surprised me. Great take down the fence. Tough as nails. Really came back in that third round. Tatiana Suarez is a beast. Um, she's so good. She looked a little sloppy in that third round, right? Her stand-up really needs a lot of work. She's tough as nails, though. I, didn't, I don't think she was in any real danger, but I, at the final minute, I know a lot of people who bet Suarez was probably like, oh, shit, what, we about to, what are we about to see here? Nina's a pro. She's so good. Really tough to take down. And, and Suarez took her down at will. Um, Nina trains with a great camp. They had a great game plan, great coaches. Suarez did come out and say she's had a neck injury that's kind of bothered her career. I don't like hearing that. 
I don't like hearing that at all because a neck injury can, I mean, that could happen to anybody and they're hard to go away. I mean, I know fighters who've dealt with neck injuries, you know, on just a local level that they've had to quit. So hopefully it's not too, too bad. Um, but she said it did hinder her a little bit and, and she couldn't really go for takedowns because she really couldn't use her neck or her head. And uh, I kind of believe her. I know a lot of people like to make excuses for losses or, or, or even lackluster performances, but I believe her. And I like what she said. She said, listen, I'll fight whoever. I'm not calling for the next shot. If I get it, great. But I'm I'm here to fight whatever. I don't think Rose wants a rematch over Andrade, um, even though Rose looked incredible and and just got you know got caught and, and got slammed, which I think could that could be an easy adjustment the next time they fight. I don't think Andrade is going to slam and knock Rose out again if they fight again. I think that's an adjustment that could be made. But I thought Rose looked incredible in their fight. I would love Rose to get a title shot, but only if she wants to. I don't want to see anybody fight that doesn't want to fight. You know, she's kind of, she's in and out. She kind of wants to, and then she doesn't. She kind of wants to, and she doesn't. So it's obviously up to her. But Tachiyana Suarez, you know, looked good, not great. Um, that that third round's left, uh, a lot of left to be desired. But um, it's, um, um, yeah, sorry, my phone went off. I'm distracted. I'm so distracted. And then uh, I I had a field day with Taitu Avasa on Twitter. I don't like the guy. I think he's annoying, right? They kicked off the main uh, the main card. Uh, blog off even offers tied to Avasa. Um, <clears throat> I watched the embeddeds. I've watched his embeddeds before. I think he's annoying, right? I don't get his personality. I don't. I don't understand his his jokes and the way he treats people and stuff like that. He's he's, he's a unique individual, and some people really respond to that. I don't. I don't like him drinking out of a fucking shoe. I don't like him spitting in the shoe, drinking out of the shoe. You're supposed to only do that when you win. He did one after he lost anyway. I mean, what are you just going to keep fucking tricking out people's shoe? I know it's a tradition wherever they're from. Um, that's not really bad. I know he's from Australia. I don't know if it's an Australian thing or if it's, you know, if he's Samoan or Polynesian. I'm not really sure his ethnicity. I'm not sure where that came from. It could be an Australian thing. I don't know. But I don't like seeing it. I think it's gross. And um, they're hyping this kid up a lot because he's, he's a heavyweight that's marketable. I understand that. But he needs to perform. He he's fought, you know, Rashad Coulter, who I don't even think is in the UFC anymore, knocked him out. Great knockout. Then he fought who Andre Olowski barely won. Gassed. Fought Junior Santos, looked okay, gassed and got knocked out. Fought Blogger Ivanov, who's a very tough guy, who had maybe the scariest walkout music fucking ever. Um, but he's not a world beater, and you got rocked and dropped, and then you slowed down and you could have easily won that fight. Even off fucking post fight with Joe Rogan, he's <laughs> he's fucking dying. He's like he fucking sound like he smoked a carton of cigarettes before before he got the interview. What's going on? That's a fight you should win, right? No offense to Blago, even off or whatever like that. He's never gonna fucking be a world champion, right? People thought Ty could have been. He's not gonna be able to. I'm tired. Put this guy in the prelims. I don't know what it is. I just you put him on the prelims for a little bit. Let him get a fucking win in the the thinnest division. Too right. If you're a heavyweight that has some talent, that has some skill, that's getting compared to Mark Hunt, and you fucking can't win two fights in a row, and you're drinking beer out of shoes, fuck out of here. I'm done with you. Uh, Petra Jan versus Jimmy Rivera was next. I really like this fight as well. Jan is a slow starter. Scared me. I really like Jan. He's a huge favorite, which I thought was crazy. I thought money on Rivera would have been smart. Rivera was, was fighting very smart. Kenny Foring alluded to on Twitter, and I agree with him. Um, he got some horrible corner by said Rivera. Rivera got dropped at the end of the first round, I think. Got dropped at the end of the second round as well. Really bad. That could have been a finish. 
came back the third round, looked pretty good, recovered pretty well. Jan is is a tricky dude. He's kind of slow. He's not that fast, but he's got a crazy left hook with some good timing, different angles on it. He's got a good left kick as well. He's aggressive, good chin, good grappling. Um, I thought Rivera was going to wrestle more. Um, he, he Whenever his back got against that cage, he was just getting eaten alive. You got to keep the fight in the center of the cage. And and I thought he's going to maybe wrestle more because Rivera does have good wrestling. He's also kind of a point guy. He doesn't really like getting his hands dirty. He doesn't, he doesn't have that dog in him that we saw Suhudo have, right? You know, he got hurt and he kind of played a little safe. He needed to go for broke in that third round. And he did it. And um, Jan, again, looks good. Jan talks a lot of shit. I said this on Twitter as well. Um, he talks a lot of shit, man. And uh, it's Russian or German. Was he Russian? Is he Russian? Yeah, he's Russian. So it's, you know, a lot of us can't understand Russian besides, uh, you know, if you're Russian. But he talks a lot of shit. And uh, he got kind of Munoz's face a little bit. It was friendly, but it was also kind of aggressive at the media day. Um, I, I I like this guy. I fucking like his moxie. I really do. We'll see. Uh, We'll see what he's got, man. Um, next up was Tony Ferguson versus uh, Donald Cerrone. We all know how this fight ended up. Donald Cerrone, even fight in the first round. I had Cerrone winning the first round. A lot of people had t- Tony winning, which I thought was crazy. I thought Donald won. Second round, more of Tony round. Tony's not going to slow down. Caught him with some punches. They talked about how heavy Tony's hands were. And, the, and again, I thought the announcers were on point. Dana Cormier is, is the best. Joe Rogan's the best. John Hank's the best. That was the best crew. Um, they talked about how Tony doesn't throw like huge shots, but he fucking marks everybody up. And he does. He's ble- he, you know, Anthony Pettis face was a mess. He fucks people up with his hands and he didn't hit Cerrone with a ton of stuff, but he broke his nose with some kind of jab or punch in between the second and third round. Donald Cerrone blew his nose. I blew up. They called the fight. Just such a... I, I alluded to on Twitter that I thought Cerrone maybe won on a way out. I hate saying that because I love Cerrone. He looked a little tired at the end of that second round. He was getting marked up a little bit. I think he had that look in his head or that, that thought in his head that was like, this guy's not fucking slowing down. I'm slowing down. It was a Nate Diaz fight all over again. Nate Diaz overwhelmed Cerrone and, and broke his jaw or did whatever to him and, and, and beat him by a decision because of the pressure. Tony is not letting up. Tony's fucking coming no matter what. Tony didn't smile once to walk to the cage. He shoved the cameraman fucking out of the way. Tony was meant business last night. During the walkout, I was a little nervous because usually Tony's dancing to his fucking... His fucking techno that he's got, that fucking bump, bump, whatever he comes out to, he was fucking a man possessed. Like nothing was stopping him. I didn't think he looked in that great of shape. I I thought I've seen him a little tighter before. I was a little worried about that as well. I obviously picked Cerrone to win, the underdog pick. I had him as my lock in the night as well. I thought head kicks were going to be a big part of this. I thought Cerrone was going to move a little better. He kind of came in reckless. Tony was the bigger man, which surprised me a little bit. Tony looked pretty big in there. Cerrone's a big dude at 155, but so is Tony. Um, overall, great fight. Exactly what I expected. I I feel a little guilty calling Cerrone out, but you've been fighting for so long. You, I know, and I've never been in an MMA fight. I know not to blow your nose. You're in the heat of the moment. Your nose is running. You blow it. Your eye blows up. Your your audible bone or whatever gets the air pocket gets filled to your eye. It's all air. I heard he did her, his order bone is broken, but that bone that's around there was broken and then it filled up with air. Um, he went out on a shield kind of, but not really. 
Um, but, you know, it was a great fight. Great performance by Tony. I, I, I hate being wrong. I wanted Cerrone to win because, you know, I love the whole dad aspect. I love this. I want Cerrone to get a title shot. I want him to, you know, to get that belt. I think it'd be awesome. But uh, Tony just, I mean, you're not, you're not fucking beating this guy unless you are a man possessed too. Like you got to be the only guy I think good to beat him. I called for a, a for, we'll get into the 55 pound division a little bit later. I got, I got something to end the show with that. So we'll get into that later. So we're going to move on to the co-main event. Valentina Shochenko versus Jessica. I God damn what a mismatch. Everyone that fights uh, Valentina at one twenty five is gonna be a mismatch because there's not a lot of girls there yet, and she's so fucking good. Um, she's perfect everywhere. She's strong. She's good on the ground. She's heavy on top. Good striking. I mean, she murdered Jessica. I that head kick was so brutal. You don't see many cleaned female knockouts at any weight, right? The only one that I can truly like remember was. The two off the top of my head was Andrade, Carolina, and then obviously Holly and Ronda with the uh, with the head kick. I know Ronda got knocked up under Bana Nunez, but it was more of a like, she was standing up still. She got dazed, right? And Cyborg got flattened as well, but it wasn't like a one fucking hit. That leg, the two body kicks that opened the first round were brutal. And then she went, she obviously probably looked low or looked body and went head and fucking, Jessica, I was dead. R.I.P. Brutal. I sent out a tweet. Um, she wore a bulletproof vest on media day, and I said, well, I guess she's not bulletproof, huh? And I got a couple likes on it. A couple people liked it, you know. You know. <laughs> Trying to build my online social presence. I, you know, I'm, a, I'm an ego guy. I'm narcissistic. I mean, at least I've been called that. I don't really think I truly am, but maybe I am. I don't know. Um, but I was on fire on Twitter Saturday night. If you don't follow me, go follow me now. Sometimes I'll tweet the prelims and I get burnt out or I'm playing with my daughter or whatever it is. And I, I'm not by my phone. I'm just enjoying the fights. But sometimes, like last night, I was on fire. I was usually I go over to my buddy's house um, or I watch at B dubs or I order it myself. I haven't ordered a pay per view in a while, but after the vacation and, and the drive back Friday, I go, I'm going to order it. And I was on my couch kicking back, firing off tweets. So go follow me on MMA Takes uh, well MMA Takes.com. You can you can find the link there. But at Twitter at MMA Takes, um, let's do this. Let's have a good time. Follow me and we'll fucking we'll have it up. We'll ham it up. We'll laugh it up. Uh, main event: Henry Cejudo versus Marlon Marais. Love this main event on paper. Pick Cejudo. Um, I text Devin um, right before the walkout that I I was very nervous about my pick. Um, Marlon just look. Marlon's a beast. He's big. He's strong. He's so talented. Um, I was I was nervous about it. I think I think uh, I think I'm uh, allowed to be, um, but uh, he looked good. He looked great. Um, amazing fight, right? First round, Suhudo came out and he does that karate style. He's bouncing on his leg, got his left leg chewed up. Switch stances, right leg was getting chewed up. Um, comes out second round when you're getting leg kicked, right? Edson Barboza is a great leg kicker. How do you beat Edson Barboza? You get in on him, right? You're still going to get your legs kicked, but you get it on them, right? You got to get in boxing range, right? You got to get inside. You can't stay on the outside and just get picked apart. Cerruto decided, well, I'm going to, I got to get inside. Start hitting them, landing a few knees, stun Marais in that second round a little bit. Marais starts slowing down because Marais now is going backwards instead of going forwards, which is tiring. He's got Henry on his ass. Henry looked great. Henry didn't slow down. Um, went for a couple takedowns, got like a weird traditional takedown or uh, transitional takedown, but nothing, nothing of it. Third round comes out, more of the same. 
Henry finally took him down and fucking pounded him out with elbows, stopped him. Incredible performance. Just a dog, just a fucking angry dog coming back and winning that fight. You got to have some serious heart to come back and win that fight. And Henry Cejudo did. Champ, champ. Henry, I love you, right? I like this cringe movement, right? I'm all in on the cringe movement. I truly am. But your call-outs, bro, were so bad. Like Faber, Cruz, and Garbrandt. Cruz hasn't fought in like five years. Garbrandt hasn't won in five years. Faber's retired that's now coming out of retirement. And he hasn't won in like four years. I know you want your big money fights. I get that, right? But... To me, and I know I'm a hardcore fan, but to me, the Aljo fight's the big money fight, right? That's the big money fight. Nothing else is but that. Um, he's the number one guy. I would even take Petra Yan, who, again, isn't well-known from the American audience. Obviously, I'm hoping he does well in Russia and Europe and stuff. Very well-rounded guy. A guy who I don't think he was calling for a title shot as well. Aljo deserves it over him. Without question, but I would even prefer that fight than the fucking Faber, Carbrandt, or Cruz fight. Maybe Cruz. Cruz could sell me because Cruz is very good. He lost his fight to Cody. Hasn't fought since then. But but he doesn't deserve it, right? I mean, Aljo's Aljo's the guy. I mean, what the fuck are we even talking about here? So that was UFC 238. I'm running a little long here. I I, I still have a lot to talk about here. I have a lot to go, and we're you know what? Fuck it. I'm back from this is this is a back from vacation episode, baby. We're gonna run as long as we fucking want. All right, so let's get to some other things. We'll finish up here strong. We got some news. I got a rant here, and since this, I might no, I gotta do it. I'm gonna do it a little bit later. Um, we'll go. Weidman is now a light heavyweight. Smart move. I love this choice. I think he's too big for 185. I think uh, the weight cut was hurting him. I think that's what hurt him in the Jacare fight. The guy walks around 220-230. I think the weight cut is the reason he's not as active either. He fights once or twice a year when he was healthy. He does get injured a lot. I mean, I think I, I don't think that's all contributes to the weight cut. He does get banged up a lot. I mean, he's, it's always a knee or it's always a shoulder or whatever the fuck. His neck, I think, was the last thing that hurt. But at 205, I think he's going to be more healthy, and I think he's going to get better because he's not going to worry about dieting as much. He's not going to worry about the weight cut. He's going to worry about learning and, and getting better. Um, and I think he just needs to get back to, to to his old ways. I think he really needs to mix in his wrestling with his striking. A little bit slow. He's not a boxer. Don't be a boxer anymore. Be be the complete package that you were when you won the title. Um, I think he's going to be good at 205. I like this move. I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of guys moving up. As opposed to moving down, I, I I like the move up move. Sometimes it can be a little much. Like I think if Conor McGregor really stayed at 170, you know, I know he moved up there for the Nate fight. I think it'd be it'd be trouble for him. But um, but I do generally like guys moving up if it makes sense. And, and Wyman's a big 85er, and I think 205 makes a lot of sense. And that's kind of the move. A lot of these 85ers, you know, Anthony Smith, Luke Rockhold, uh, um, Santos, I think they're all moving up. And, and I think that's and, and, and now Wyman. I think that's a really smart move. I think that's gonna prolong his career. And and, and there's some interesting fights at 205 for him. And maybe he'll get a little bigger because he's he's a little lean at 85. And I think he has to stay that way. But get a little little thicker, um, a little more muscular. I think I don't think he has any strength problem. But he's a big boy. I like that move. Uh, Poirier versus Khabib is signed for September 7th. I think I could be wrong on that. That is in Abu Dhabi. Um, I believe they're doing that. 
fight like Abu Dhabi real time. So I think they're like, they're not going to cater to us that much. I think it's going to be like a 10 a.m. pay-per-view maybe um, on the East Coast at least in, in Cincinnati time, East, Eastern Standard time. I love that. Um, I remember, uh, I just burped and I, and I didn't plan on it. I remember, sorry about that. I, I, I couldn't control that. This just fucking came out. I remember 112, UFC 112, when they went to Abu Dhabi with the Anderson and BJ versus Edgar and Anderson versus Maya. Um, that was in the middle of the day, I believe, too. That was like 10, 11 in the afternoon, which, you know, I fucking like it. I'm off on Saturday, so fuck yeah. Give me that. I'll fucking I'll open my whole night up. Um, and then Dana did a nice little interview um, re- uh, recently. I think it was probably over the weekend. He said Sage North cut to retire. Uh, I don't think we talked about this, but Sage North basically got his face destroyed by Cosmo Alexander over in one championship. One punch blew up his whole face, had to have like nine bones repaired, like an eight hour surgery, whatever it was. Dana said it's sports not for him and he probably should retire. <sighs> Listen, I like Dana White. I, 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 I tend to agree with him. I think a lot of people are a little too hard on him. I think a lot of the media members kind of give him a hard time and stuff like that. You know, he's a promoter. He's promoting stuff, but um, that's a little bit of a reach, right? I mean, Sage Norcott's very young. Um, I, I don't think he's been knocked out all that much to really call it, call it right now. I will say that I don't think he'll ever develop a chin. I think um, training with Alpha Male, if he's still with Alpha Male, is, is the smartest move. I think they've improved him a lot. He, they turn him into a little bit of a grappler. Always has good cardio. I know he's a karate guy, kind of. Um, nice kid, sweet kid. But listen, he's making money. One punch, could, that can happen to anybody, right? Uh, he's not Chuck Liddell. He's not these guys just getting slept. He got caught with a punch and his fucking face blew up. Now listen, that's happened to a lot of fighters in training. Uh, uh, Cub Swanson broke his face in training. This happens a lot. Maybe not a lot, but this happens. Um, I don't think he should retire. I think I think Sage is okay. I think he's going to come back from this and and they need him if they're going to market him as this, you know, blonde, blue-eyed American Texas boy, they're going to need to start feeding him some guys. And I think they thought Cosmo Alexander was going to be a good feed because Cosmo has no ground game and Sage has really been um lately he's been uh, uh been, been grappling a little bit and showing off that aspect of his game and he's learning and stuff and uh yeah, I, maybe Dana meant that just because he's a sweet kid. He knows him personally, and he knows that maybe he's not cut out for it. But uh, after one punch, I mean, that's just kind of a dumb thing to say. I mean, I did like, however, that he did say that BJ was not going to fight again. I can't do it. I, I'm proud of him for saying that. Long overdue. It should have happened after the Yair fight. You should have been like, I can't see this anymore. He said he's not going to book BJ a fight. I know BJ before the clay fight was saying he wants a title shot or some crazy shit like that. Um, but I'm glad that Dana's finally like, I can't book him again. And, and, and he's in contract with UFC. I'm sure he'll fight it. He'll get out of there. He wants to fight. Apparently he still wants to fight. I don't, I don't know. Um, a lot of people were like, he didn't look that bad against Clay Guida. Yeah. But BJ from, you know, UFC 112 and, or UFC, you know, when he fought Florian or Diego Sanchez, that, that BJ would have smoked Clay Guida, but Clay Guida outstruck him. Right. It's, it, it's a weird thing. And, and um, BJ hasn't been the same for for a long time, so I'm glad Dana said that. And then the last thing before we get to the fi- two final things, uh, the last little bit of news: Dana said that Brock Lesnar, the deal, the rumor was the reason Brock and DC were not fighting now was because Brock wanted more points in the pay per view. He wanted to get paid a lot more money, 
And uh, the, since the UFC switched pay-per-view models, that he that, that's not true. Or, or I'm sorry, since they switched pay-per-view models, then they couldn't make that deal. It wasn't going to be worth it. And the same thing, like apparently Connor's got a problem with it or something like that too. That's what's delaying the Connor thing. Dana said that's not true. The um, he said he just got a better deal. Now what I put together because I'm fucking Columbo and I'm putting on my detective hat. It's pretty obvious to me that 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 Brock Lesnar probably had no intentions of coming back. He doesn't want to be drug tested. He doesn't want the press because you got to do way more press when you're a fighter. He doesn't want any of that. He wants to be a surprise announcement for UFC 200. Get in there, jack to the fucking gills, get an easy matchup with Mark Hunt where you can just take him down over and over again and then get out and go back to WWE. He clearly showed up at the pay-per-view, shoved DC. It's all fucking a work. He leveraged that. It was good for Vince. Vince let him do it because Vince is like, fuck, this is, this is great for us. We got uh, in our fake fighting league, our fake wrestling league, we got a guy that's actually in real fighting kicking ass. So it's going to be good for us. However, Brock went and was like, Brock went and was like, oh, so I got a text. Brock went and went, oh, you know what? I'm going to use this to leverage the WWE. He got a new deal with the WWE. That is interesting. He clearly leveraged his position with the UFC my phone's blowing up. I'm the most popular fucking guy in the world right now. He leveraged his position with the UFC to get a better deal with the WWE because now he's like premiering on, like I saw him coming out dancing or something like that. I don't watch wrestling. I don't, I don't fuck with wrestling anymore. Saw a little bit of clip on YouTube, but that's smart. Was that a Paul Heyman thing? That's a smart thing to do. I mean, I don't think he had really any intentions of fighting DC. He went in there, shoved them, got free tickets, got a lot of people talking, did one or two interviews and back to making a couple million bucks fake fighting in, in, in wrestling. So, Good for Brock Lesnar. I didn't see him doing that, but uh, the UFC got played a little bit. I think the UFC got played big time um, on that deal uh, because you know Brock Brock Lesnar's a cash cow, and the UFC saw this cash cow that maybe wanted to come back and was like, "Oh, he wants to come back. Oh shit. Okay. Cool. 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 Maybe we'll put something together. Maybe we'll give you a fucking heavyweight title shot and and and, and sell a million pay per views." Or Brock goes, "Yeah. Or I can use this and have WWE." double my money so brock lesnar fucking art of the deal brock lesnar all right so my rant of the week um hopefully this doesn't go too long so as you know i attack mma media as much as i can get i think the guys in mma media and i probably should have saved this so it's a little more well thought out because i think i'll probably ramble a little bit however a kind of shift happened this week the Atlantic, which or the Athletic, did I say the Atlantic? The Athletic is a subscription-based website or whatever. They have opened like a MMA division now, and they have hired in people from MMA fighting, and they have brought in some guys who've been around for a while. Um, ben Folks, Josh Gross, a couple other people are that were they took people from the MMA junkie. They took people from MMA fighting. Josh Gross was living in a sewer because he's a fucking rat, and um. They brought them over to the Atlantic and 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 they're they're kind of investing in the MMA market. Great, right? My problem is, is I've always stated this, and I think I'm gonna be ahead of the curve here, right? When I say things like this, I'm not I'm not saying I'm the answer. I'm not saying what I'm doing here is the answer. I'm not saying the way I think is the answer. Do I think I'm the answer? I could be, right? There needs to be a median 
There needs to be a middle ground from the super serious write about every little fucking thing and, and, and turn it into this big, huge puff piece that they want to get fucking nominated for a Pulitzer Prize or whatever the fuck, a Webby, whatever they get. They turn these little stories into these fucking mountains, right? Josh Gross, what was the last one he ran? He did something where he investigated something for months and like ran it and it became like this big thing. I can't remember what it was. That's what he does. He antagonizes. These guys are like against the system, right? They're programmed. They're liberal-minded. And, you know, I use that word liberal-minded and people get upset with me about it, whatever like that. But that's that's the way I use, that's the way I use that word. I use that because they are so against everything. What the Because MMA... Dana White is is a conservative alpha male says what he wants, right? These writers are against that, right? So it kind of is liberal conservative. And obviously, we're this isn't even talking politics. This is talking the word choices I'm using. Ben Folks and all these guys, they're great writers, right? There's a place for them in MMA media. There's a place for these guys. There's, there's a lane for them. I just wish that the athletic, I'm hoping, I hope it's the athletic. It might be the Atlantic. It's the athletic, I think. Hopefully... This is just, we're going to start with it because all those writers they hired are all the fucking same. You read a Ben Folks article, you're not going to tell the difference between Ben Folks and Josh Gross to Chuck Mendenhall, all these guys. Chuck Mendenhall is probably the most well-respected guy. He does write some good shit, but they're all so serious. It's like, here's what we're talking about with Tony Ferguson and his son. And it's like fucking 10 pages of like him and his son. It's like, you need a place like that. But when you got The Athletic, you got ESPN, you got MMA Fighting. You get MMA Junkie all doing the same thing. Those are the big guys, right? Bloody Elbows, kind of. They got some funny people over there. I follow a couple of people on Twitter that write for them. They're doing their thing. Middle Easy's kind of, you know, they're based kind of in California and they got their biases. So it's it's a little shaky over in Middle Easy, but they kind of do a little different as well. You got Barstool. They, you know, they don't take anything serious. There's a middle ground there, right? There's a, there's there's going to be a place. And I think there needs to be a place for that in MMA media. I think you got the guys who are too serious, who are so against the system. All they want to do is break a story. They want to get their name out there. They want to fucking tear down Dana White. They want to tear down the UFC. They want to talk about fighter pay. They want to talk about how dangerous weight cutting is. There's those guys over there. Then you got the guys on the right who thinks everything's a joke, right? You got guys on the right like the schmo. That's I've talked about this guy before. I didn't know his name. His name's the Schmo. He puts on a suit and fucking horn ring glasses or whatever, and he's a goof, right? It's like a it's like a bit that he's doing, right? I just saw him interview Ben Askren. He, he's he's behind the scenes now interviewing people. There's him, and then you got the ESPN crew, which Ariel's trying to become. ESPN's kind of shifting, right? ESPN they lost Skip Bayless. They want their Skip Bayless. They got Max Kellerman. They got Stephen A. Smith. They're fucking shoving these guys down our throats. Errol Hawani is seeing this environment, so he's tweaking the way he does it. He's so unbearable now. He's just not even enjoyable. Like I love ESPN's coverage. I, I'm, you know, I, even before the UFC was on ESPN, I love their coverage. But he's unbearable. He truly is. There needs to be a middle ground where a guy calls it like he sees it is cool because none of these guys are cool, mind you. They all think they're cool because they're quick and they're this and that and they got a fucking degree from here. You need a guy to come in that knows what he's talking about and that can do it well and can do play both sides but be in the middle. You need a guy that be able to goof off a little bit and have it funny like what Barstool does. 
You need to have a guy to be a little serious, but never write about the fucking what, you know, a Dave Meltzer report about what the fucking pay-per-view numbers were. Leave that to the fucking Kevin Iolis and leave that to the Ben Folks to really care about that. A hardcore MMA fan doesn't really care about that. There's some guys who want to watch the UFC burn. There's people out there that says Bellator's better. So every time a numbers gets released, they go, see, Bellator's better. These people are crazy. There needs to be a middle ground where people can coexist. And I don't think there's there's that people there yet. Bloody elbows close. But they have they have guys who are a little too like anti everything, right? And again, this is just my opinion. I, I don't fucking know everything, obviously. Um, but that needs to happen in MMA. MMA media, football media is like that. You have all these football guys everywhere. There's characters everywhere. There's people that aren't serious who have crazy wild takes. There's people in Texas that are crazy. MMA is much smaller than football, but you need that medium. That's why I like Barstool Sports so much. I don't love everything Barstool does, but they have that ground where, pardon my take, guys, they, they turn everything into to a joke, but they're they're getting millions and millions of listens. They've had a few MMA guys on. I thought they handled it kind of okay. I mean, they don't really watch MMA all that much. They have an MMA guy over at Barstool, Robbie Fox, who I fucking shit all over, you know, all down. He has a podcast now, and I think Dylan Danis did it. Ben Askren did it. Dana did it. I listened to clips of it. It's okay. But Barstool needs to get another guy in there to really blow this thing open. They need to get, because Robbie Fox cares more about Star Wars than he does MMA. You need to get a guy in there that lives and breathes and dies MMA, right? They got those golf guys that live and breathe golf. You got Dave Elprez who lives and breathes Boston sports. I want an MMA guy. As an MMA guy myself, I want a guy in there that lives and breathes MMA. Doesn't give a shit about anything else, right? He's not going to have a podcast one week. It's going to be Dylan Danis, and the next week it's going to be fucking what Star Wars is the best. Get the fuck out of here. No one cares, right? It's cool that you have other interests or whatever like that. Do that on your own fucking time, right? MMA, I think, is getting overlooked by this medium gap that I'm talking about. I think there's a lane for people. Brendan Schaub does a pretty good job of it as well, but... Every chance he gets, he talks about how good he's more of a stand-up. Like he has a, a show called The Fighter and Kid. They don't talk about fighting. He has Blow the Belt, which is pretty good, but he has his biases as well. He, he's very one-sided uh, when it comes to things. He'll never agree with anything anybody says. He also works for Showtime, so he's never going to put anything Showtime does down. So he's kind of bought out a little bit, but I do think he's good. I've shit on Brendan Shop as well, but I think he's kind of the catalyst. We need more of that, right? I do think his his food diary, Chuck, uh, the the fucking food truck show, food truck diaries. I think that's pretty good. I thought his Dustin Poirier one. He had a real honest conversation with Poirier. I thought that was really good. But the athletic when when they went on this purge of hiring people and MMA firing MMA fighting brought new people on because they lost some people and, and whatnot. They're doing this kind of shift. You need that's fine. I I, I appreciate any company that's going to put money towards MMA and they're hiring writers. But you hired all the same riders. Everyone you hired at the Athletic are the fucking same. Get someone else, right? And don't give me a guy like Aaron True. If you guys know who Aaron True is, he'd go and get slammed and break his ribs, right? And he was a fucking goof. We don't need goofs. We don't need the fucking schmo. We don't need MMA to be a goofy thing. Brett Okamoto is great. Luke Thomas is great. Luke Thomas is a little bit robotic. I mean, he's a robot, essentially. But... He's not like a dork. I think he's a former, I think he was a military man, which, you know, respect to Luke Thomas. He's a big dude. I think he, I think he does train a little bit, but he's a little bit robotic. I don't think he's, he's as charismatic as we would want to be. 
I'm right now in my head. I'm building who should cover MMA and who should we really like. I'm a hater because obviously that's what I would love to do. I would love to to be put in that spot. I don't even know if I'm the right guy. I definitely am the right guy now. I have a lot of room to improve, but I know in my head what it needs to be for MMA to kind of go off. Right, Aaron Bronston, uh, Bronston, I think his name was used to follow me on Twitter. Dropped me. Said fuck you. He's doing all the interviews backstage now. Dana White kind of ate his lunch the other day, and all these writers are up in arms. Oh, my God. He has one question, Dana White. Shut the fuck up, right? Relax. But the Athletic, I, I like what they're doing, but hire some new guys. Josh Gross has been around since, what, 99? I don't want to see what Josh Gross says, right? I'm sick of Ben Folks. Chuck Mendenhall's great. I think Chuck Mendenhall's nice. I don't think he's done anything to me, personally. But I just... When they did this purge and they're putting money into uh, MMA and and you know and I w- I'm not a subscriber to the Athletic, but I would be if they had a writer that I respected. Chuck Mendenhall aside, all those guys are clowns, right? And I don't even know half of them, but I know three three or four of them are all the fucking same. So I'm not going to spend three dollars a month or whatever it is subscribe to it when it's the same shit. I'm getting the same shit. I'm getting the same point of view. You got to have other point of views. You got to have other guys who put lighthearted stuff out there. You got to have guys who maybe joke around a little bit. Not everything needs to be super serious in the news. And that's my rant. That maybe came out a little better than I thought. I know I know. I probably repeated myself several times, but um, I'm sure I'll be bringing that up again. I know I'll probably go on Twitter and bring it up. Maybe I already did, but I just... There needs to be a shift. I'm very passionate about MMA. I love MMA. I, very, I pay close attention to pretty much every little detail in MMA, whether that's people on Twitter, whether that's people who are getting paid to cover MMA, MMA handicappers. I, gotta, I got my eyes on everything, right? So um, I have a lot of opinions based on that, and, and I just don't think MMA has a guy yet. Um, and there needs to be a guy out there. Like, you know, there for every... Stephen A. Smith that the ESPN has. There's a fucking Scott Van Pelt. Scott Van Pelt's got swag. The guy's got his own talk show or his own sports center, late night, whatever it is. He's got swag. He's he's fantastic. Dan Patrick, fantastic. There needs to be a guy like that. Errol Hawani's not the answer, right? Brad Akimoto's a great reporter, but he, he's, you know, he's, he's mm, lacks charisma, I guess, right? So right now we're just kind of building. It's like weird science. We're going to build the fucking perfect guy to cover MMA that gets all the bases. But um, the point point of my rant was the athletic is putting money in MMA, but yet they're hiring the same fucking people who have been covering the sport for years and years and years. So they're getting the same opinions. I could go to sure dog 10 years ago and read Josh Gross's stuff. It's going to be the same that he's got right now. His opinion is not going to change. It's just not right. Ben folks has been on MMA junkie forever. His go read his stuff. It's not going to change over at the athletic. You need to get a new point of view. All right, so we'll end the show with this. This is, it's spring, right? It's spring, June. So I'm going to spring clean for you. I'm going to spring clean the 155-pound division. We're going to trash or save. That's why I tell my wife. I hold up something. I go, trash it or save it. We're going to do that with some fighters in the division. And we're going to have one. Uh, yeah, so I'm not going to do the entire top 10. I'm just going to do some of the guys that we know that are probably in the mix. I mean, I don't need to do the whole top 10 because guy or top 15 or whatever because guys from 10 to 15 probably aren't going to sniff the top five i mean they're there they're placeholders you know james vick i think is like 14 i think he's have a real problem with anybody in the top five all right so uh spring clean tony ferguson obviously you save him you got to save tony ferguson this guy should be next in line i don't think he should fight again um 
he should just wait out the winner of of Khabib and Poirier. If Khabib is to be trusted, he said he wants to be really active. He wants to fight Poirier, and then he keeps bringing up the GSP thing. Fucking dude, you're not gonna fight GSP. GSP's retired, right? Apparently, he just signed a new contract with the UFC, which makes him a lot of money. And um, there's a clause that if if there's a clause, you have GSP clause essentially. You're, you're not going to get that fight. Just shut the fuck up. I'm tired of Khabib talking about GSP, right? I know you want that challenge. I'd watch the fight. I think it'd be entertaining, but I want to see you fight other people, right? I want to see you fight people who are actually competing for your belt. I don't like of the vision being held up like that. So Tony Ferguson should be next. Save him. Justin Gaethje, save. Justin Gaethje, one of my guys. He's one of my guys. He is the most exciting fighter in the UFC, right? Who's the second most exciting fighter? Tony Ferguson. If Tony was going to take another fight, it should be a title eliminator versus Justin Gaethje. Gaethje's kind of calling out Connor. Connor's sitting on the shelf. I think Tony mentioned that he he maybe liked to fight Connor. Gaethje has lo- had lost two in a row. Now he's won two in a row. He's a former world champion. He's fought all top competition. I think all of his fights have been main events except one. The guy's the real deal. I mean, no one can dispute that. However. Tony's won 12 in a row, 13 in a row. He shouldn't have to fight Gaethje. But if it happens, it happens, right? I think it'll be an incredible fight. It can be a pay- it could headline any pay-per-view. It'd make a ton of money. It'd be fight of the year. But if I was Tony Ferguson, I'd maybe sit and be like, I'm going to take Poirier at Khabib. But you never know what's going to happen with Khabib. So if Poirier wins, I know Poirier will jump, we'll jump back in in February. I don't know if Tony wants to sit out that long. So Justin Gaethje, though, save him. Um, if he doesn't get the Tony fight, Connor would be very interesting. I don't know if Connor would be interested in that fight. If not, I, uh, Quinta kind of went out of, went after him on Twitter over the weekend. I think that fight would be great as well. Uh, Cerrone would make sense. I think some people said they're going to rematch Cerrone Ferguson. So Gaethje, I know he's not going to want to sit on the shelf for that long. So it might make sense for him to take uh, the Connor fight. He could get the big fight or even I, I Quinta fight or whatever. Um, Connor McGregor. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna say save because I'm a Connor guy. I'm a Connor fanboy. But only if he fights Justin and Tony. If not, you got to trash him. If he wants the Khabib fight, they can't, they shouldn't be able to. I know it's a million-dollar fight, billion-dollar fight, whatever. Connor McGregor's number one goal is Connor McGregor. He wants the Khabib rematch. Right now, He's I think he broke his thumb, so he's going to be out for at least, I don't know how bad the break is, but at least August. Probably not going to come back to the fall. Um, so he's going to probably be ready right around the same time Connor, or excuse me, Khabib and Dustin are fighting. So maybe put him on a card around that. Only if he fights Tony, Tony or Justin. That's it. The only, that's the only way he can work. I maybe will allow Cowboy Cerrone, but he's a save for now, but he's, you know, maybe next year spring cleaning, he might get put out because he's too big. He's too big of a superstar. It kind of calls the shots. It's really hard to dictate that. Uh, Donald Cerrone. Ah, I hate saying it, but trash, trash him, throw him away. He he can't win the big fight, right? He's always lost the big fight. Um, if he rematches Tony and wins, then obviously I'm gonna change my fucking tune. But uh, he was he got dominated in the second round. I think the third round is gonna be a lot worse for him as well. Um, until his, his eye closed up. So if him and Tony rematch, Tony even was open to it. Don't know if Cowboy is. Cowboy's probably gonna need at least five six months for that eye to fully heal. So uh, we'll see. Um, but for right now, trash him. I don't think he's going to be... I mean, I know he's ranked pretty high at 55 right now, but I don't think he will be 
once some of these guys come up. Um, Charles Oliveira, trash him. Uh, can't win the big fight. I mean, let's see him fight someone not named Nick Lentz, right? I like Charles Oliveira. I think he's come a long way in his career. I've seen him quit early in his career. I've seen him quit against Frank Yeager. Saw him quit against Jim Miller. Um, this kid is, you know, he's, he, he, you know, he lost to Paul Felder a couple fights ago, so he's kind of up in the air right now. But you got to trash him because he, he doesn't hasn't won a big fight yet. However, the UFC really hasn't given him a big fight yet, so I like to see him fight a top guy, top fifteen. Um, a James Vick would be really interesting because they're both kind of long. That'd be an interesting fight for me to watch. Um, Paul Felder, I don't, I think it's too soon to do a rematch for that. Uh, Ally Quinta would be interesting. There's a lot of fights for him. He needs a big name fight, but right now he's a trash. Uh, Ally Quinta, trash. Um, I've never been blown away by Ali Quinta. I think he's basic. I think he's very tough. I think he has power. Um, I think his wrestling is above average and his, his submission game is above average. Other than that, I think he's very average. I think when you put all the skills together where he's above average, where he's below average, he equals out average. I don't think he's a one-punch one knockout guy. Um, he has a great chin. I don't think he's going to out-wrestle anybody. I think he might outwork some people. He's got good cardio, but um, I'm going to trash him because I really think he's going to have a problem with anybody in that top five. I mean, you, you feed him Cerrone again, Cerrone beats him. You feed him Justin Gaethje, Gaethje beats him, Tony Ferguson beats him. I think Connor beats him. That would be an interesting fight if Connor and him get together. Uh, if I was Conor McGregor's team, that's the fight I would be pushing for. I'd be pushing for the Ali Quinta fight because Aquinta is essentially a punching bag in there. So I think that's the most any fight you take if you're Conor, you're gonna win. But Ali Quinta is a trash right now. Paul Felder, I'm gonna say trash because he needs a big win, right? He doesn't. I mean, Charles Oliveira is his biggest win at 55. He needs to really be more consistent. I know he breaks his arms a lot and he gets injured a lot, but he needs a bigger, significant win at uh, 155. His last fight was was James Vick. He looked great, but it was a decision win. I would like to see him go out there and get a finish. He's probably going to fight someone in the top 10 next. Oliveira rematch might be on the table. Again, I think it might be a little too soon. But, um, yeah, I think he's trash right now. I, I think we throw him away this year. I don't think he's going to get a title shot anytime this year uh, unless he really gets handpicked a fight but I, I doubt it um and then the could be worth saving pile i only have one it's a guy i'm on the fence about i might not throw him away it's gregor galepsi the only problem i have with gregor is he needs to fight more he's very talented i think he really matches up well with anybody in the vision his ground game's top notch his stand-up's decent um i want to see him against top competition before i really save him but I do think Gregory Lepsey is going to be a guy to really fucking look out for. Just needs to be more active. He doesn't want to call anybody out, which I, I'm, I'm cool with. You don't need that. You don't need to be shouting at the rooftops or whatever like that. But you also need to fight a little more. I think he's ranked 12th. I'm not really sure if he has a fight lined up or not. I could probably check that right now while we're, while we're here. But he's a guy that I think we're, a lot of people are high, are high on. I'm definitely high on him. Um, yeah, he doesn't have a fight lined up. He has his last one was against Medeiros. Um, but I mean, he's undefeated and this guy, this guy needs, I mean, he's 13 and 0. He's been fighting for a while. Not the most active guy in the world, but needs to be. So that's the guy who's my worst saving pile. And that's the show. We ran a hundred, hundred, an hour and 23 minutes and counting. Huh? Great to be back. Felt like two minutes. 
It really did. Um, I believe there's no UFC this week. I don't think there's a UFC this weekend. Um, I could be wrong. I think there's a Bellator Friday night. I think it's, is that the Sun and Machida and the Gracie McDonald one? I think that is Friday night. So uh, there'll be no second podcast. It'll be, this will be the first one this week. I'll ease you back into it, and then we'll, we'll, we'll proceed from there. Uh, Dana White's Tuesday Contender Series, whatever the fuck they call it, that's coming back. That's exciting. I think that's – I love watching up-and-coming guys. Um, they usually have the most to fight for, and they want that contract. Um, I think every Contender Series last year, every fight was great. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. I think that comes back next week. Uh, a week from this Tuesday, and then we got some fights coming up. I mean, July's right around the corner. Um, John Jones is fighting, and I think we got some interesting fights as well on ESPN and and whatnot in the coming weeks. We'll go over all that. Again, let me know how the show sounded. I got a new microphone, and uh, hopefully I got some things in the works coming up with, with, um, with some maybe different kind of podcasts and stuff like that. I usually put my foot in my mouth and say something like that and never, never, comes, never comes out the way I want it to, but hopefully... Hopefully we can, and uh, I'm back, baby. All right, I'll see you.